Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Clever Girls Know podcast. So on this episode of the podcast, my guest is Vicky Onobolu, and she's an incredible baker from the United Kingdom. She also happens to be one of my best friends, and I am so honored to have her share her business story on how she transitioned from managing her baking business on the side while working a full-time job to becoming a full-time business owner and pursuing her dreams of baking the incredible cakes that she's known for. Her business is called Ermiani's Bake Shop, and on this episode, Vicky shares how she got into baking, what it took for her to be able to run her business full-time, including how she planned out her finances to make the transition, her biggest challenges and successes as a business owner so far, the specific things she's doing to grow her business, and her approach to being positive and dealing with stress, and a ton more. And we had such a great time talking, as we usually do. You're going to hear us laughing a lot, and that's just what we do as friends. And I'm just really excited to be able to share her with you and share her story as a business owner, um, something that a lot of you who are listening can relate to. And so I hope you guys enjoy listening to this episode with Vicky. But before we get into it, if it's been a while, please stop by clevergirlfinance.com and check out all the brand new content we have on the site. There's always new content every single week. And be sure to subscribe to our newsletter. And if we aren't already friends on Instagram, head over to Instagram and follow at clevergirlfinance. You can also listen to episodes of this podcast and watch videos on our YouTube channel at clevergirlfinance as well. Just head over to YouTube and search clevergirlfinance. So let's get into this episode with Vicky. Oh, and by the way, if you haven't already subscribe to this podcast, please do. You can subscribe on SoundCloud, Stitcher, and also on iTunes. Okay, now let's talk to Vicky. Hi, Vicky. Hi, Paula. How are you? I'm good. Welcome to the Clever Girls Know podcast. Thank you. Thanks for inviting me on. So I am really excited to have you on the show. To everyone who's listening, Vicky is one of my besties and um, she has her own amazing baking business, which I'm going to have her tell you all about. But I'm just really excited to have you here talking to me and sharing about what's going on with you and your business. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. I'm very nervous. I'm excited. (laughs) (laughs) I know, but still, I'm looking forward to it. And so, Vicky, um, how do we know each other? We went to high school together. I've known you for like a lot, many years, a That's couple decades now. Uh, I don't, I'm not that old, but okay. <laughs> yes, I am then. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so we go way back. Bridesmaid in my wedding. Talk to her every single day. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I'd love for you to introduce yourself and tell everyone who you are and what you do. Okay. Hi, everyone. Um, my name is Vicky. I run a baking business called Ermione's Bake Shop. I'm based in London. And un- well, for the last two months, I've been doing it full time. But until then, it was probably about eight years of baking evenings and weekends. And we make all sorts of things, cakes, cupcakes, brownies, um, all sorts, really, whatever people want. That's amazing. And for those of you who are in the UK, who are in London, um, you need to X all your other bakery and pastry <laughs> box and go find Vicky. Seriously, she makes the best cakes ever. Yeah. And I'm not just sh- saying it because she's my friend. I'm saying it because it's true. And <laughs> you have to try her cakes. I'm going to put all her details in the show notes. But oh, one, of the <laughs> one of the key things you mentioned was that you just transitioned to working in Um, your business full-time two months ago and before that you had been baking 
um, evenings and weekends for eight years. So you were essentially running a side hustle that you have turned into your full-time gig. So I have a ton of questions to ask you around that. (laughs) Okay, I look forward to them. (laughs) Because a lot of the ladies who are listening are kind of in that space where they're either thinking about starting a side hustle or they're starting a side hustle that's kind of becoming successful and they're trying to figure out, okay, how do I go from working full-time and running this part-time business to actually doing this thing full-time. And you, you put a lot of planning into this, Vicky. Um, Vicky actually did more planning than I did <laughs> when I moved into Clever Girl Finance full-time. But before we dive into those questions, I wanted to ask you, why baking? Why did you pick baking as the thing that you wanted to do? Um, it's funny. I don't know if I'd say I picked baking. More like baking or desserts picked me. I just... <laughs> Honestly, like people say, you know, why do you bake? I bake because I love eating desserts. I have always been obsessed with sweet stuff and desserts. Like as a child, my family used to like call me sweet tooth in Greek, like likaju, and joke about the thing. Even as like a one-year-old, I'd like let myself out of our apartment in Greece, go next door and knock on the door, walk them over to the chocolate table and like point to the dessert, like the chocolates and ask them for one. And then my family wouldn't even know until the lady would walk me back home with the chocolate in my hand. Uh, I love, like, I love, I love, I love desserts. And I think probably started really properly, um, probably about 10 years ago, I would hear about lots of stuff. Because I do American style baking, so like layer cakes and like lots of interesting flavors. And I'd hear about things like red velvet, which at the time, I think there was one place in the UK that did them. Oh, in London, sorry, not in the UK. Um, It wasn't close to me. So I thought the only way to properly try it would be to make my own. So I found a recipe and I made it. And I, you know, started baking lots of things. And I'd bake, either have friends over and bake, or I would, you know, bake something and invite friends over. And then friends started asking me to bake for sort of, um, like like, for them to take to work. They'll say, can you make me a box of cupcakes to take to work? Um, and then friends, you know, like we, I got asked to make mutual friends bridal shower cake and that mutual friend asked me to make, um, her engagement party cupcakes. And at all of those occasions, people would say, um, oh, do you do this for a living? Is this what you do? These are so good. It's what you do. I'd say, oh no, no, no. I'm just doing it for fun. Um, it's just for friends. And then at some point I started saying yes. I can't even, I can't pinpoint kind of when people that weren't my friends or my family started asking me to bake cakes, but it kind of just evolved from there really. So, yeah. (laughs) So you basically took something that you were passionate about and turned it into um, something that made you money, which is, I think, kind of like the trajectory for a lot of people. They kind of and I think that's a great way to go around to go about starting a business because when you're getting into business for the long haul, right, you have to not just kind of like it. You have to love what you do because yeah. as you probably know, <laughs> um, it's not always easy. It's not always a walk in the park. Um, and so a lot of people tend to do, you know, turn what they do um, into what, what they, what they do as a hobby or what they do that they love into something that makes them money. And I think the challenge for many people is, Oh, how do I, you know, charge people for this when they're used to getting it for free? Or how do I expect people to 
respect my pricing when the last time they asked me, I was like, oh yeah, it's just yeah. something I was doing for fun. I'm sure you experienced yeah. that. Yeah, and we talked. About, we would have talked about it at the time a lot because in the beginning, yeah. I'd bake for people every weekend, like friends only every weekend, and they'd at first I'd bake for free, and then I said baking like a lot, and I was like, you know, you have to pay me for the cost of the ingredients, and then so it was kind of that stretch from paying me for the cost of ingredients to, you know, you have to actually pay me properly. And in the beginning, I say properly, but in the beginning, like I would look at competitors and literally just undermine it by a lot. Um, because I was like, Oh, I'm just new. I'm just starting out. I'm not as good. Um, so my prices have gone not over time. But I remember we've talked about this and we talked, we read lots of things about, if you don't set your own pricing, you don't set your own value or your own worth, no one else will do it for you. And once you do it, well, if, if it's too much for someone or someone's not willing to pay, then they're not really your target market. But in reality, with friends and non-friends, as soon as I started charging, they were more than happy to, to you know, pay they're more than happy to pay. I also gave friends a discount a lot, like up till recently. And I still have friends that would never ever take the discount. I'm like, no, it's your business. I'm paying you properly. I'm paying you completely full for this cake. Um, so I guess you just need to set your own value and people will accept it because if what you're doing is good, then, you know, they're willing to pay for it. I mean, those friends better be happy that you gave them a discount and you bake for them for free. And I know some of them are listening. Holla. <laughs> they knew that they were getting the best cakes in London. <laughs> and they still are. So you had to it while it lasted. <laughs> I know. It's a win-win, right? <laughs> I know, right? Win-win for you no longer anymore. Making charging full price. I know. <laughs> Literally a couple of months ago, I was like, yeah, so I don't really do my friends and family discounts anymore. <laughs> um, yeah, everyone's been fine. Again, everyone's been fine. Like people obviously will take a discount when you give it to them. But, you know, when you don't, that's okay too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so you decided that you were going to go full-time with your baking business. Yeah why did you decide full-time when did it when did you get to that point where you were like oh my god I think I can do this full-time ah I don't know I don't know if I ever got to the point um yeah you were always planning this though yeah I was I've always been talking about it but it's one of those things that you kind of talk about and it kind of got to the point where I just thought I need to try it and Fortunately, a lot of things aligned in my life. And I do think things work out as they're supposed to. I think I was supposed to do this now. Um, and, you know, like I have a really supportive boyfriend. And this all started on holiday last year, actually, in April in 2017. Mm-hmm. Um, we're on holiday and, you know, you have the usual, oh my God, I don't want to go back to work conversation. <laughs> um, and then he was like, you know, what, what, you know, you're always talking about baking. What are you going to do it? And then I had my usual spiel, which was, you know, if I open a shop, which is my goal, was my goal and we'll see how it goes. I open a shop, you know, that's like the output in renting a space and fitting it out and employing staff. And through all of this, I'm not going to be working. Like I'm going to start off my business, like a hundred thousand pounds in debt. And that's just a really big load to carry. Mm-hmm. And he was like, you know, 
you're, you're, you have a reason for not doing it. But what about thinking of how can you do it? How can you do it with what you have? What can you do to make you do it? And I was like talking about it. And then I, you know, I was like, start baking from home. So apart from the adjustments we'll make to the kitchen to sort of make it, you know, a lot more productive to bake numbers and, you know, you know, two ovens rather than one. Um, really the only sacrifice you're making, the only risk you're taking is your own time and your own, your own sort of like, you know, you, your own time, basically. Like I'm not taking, I haven't, I haven't gone into debt to do this. Mm-hmm. And I try not to think, I don't want to have a backup plan. I don't want to think I can always go back to work, even though I can. But, you know, I've, I've got nothing to lose. I got to a point where I, li- I had nothing to lose. I don't think it's ever, I don't think it was, I won't say it was now or never, because I think I would have done it at some point, even if I had, let's say, five kids and no time on my hands. <laughs> However, <laughs> well, I say that, I probably wouldn't have, but it's a, it was just a good time. It was a good time to do it. It was, and like you said, you know, I've been planning this and talking about this for so long, probably about eight years, that I think almost it was time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Another thing you did was you you proved your concept. Like you baked different types of cakes. You figured out the type of baking style that you liked, which is American style. You tested different recipes. You have like your baseline recipes that you have mastered, and you got feedback from your friends, your family, your clients, your coworkers who were hiring you to bake cakes for free at a discount. And they were basically telling you every single time, this is amazing. Um, You know, so I think that's also really important for people who are listening that are, you know, thinking of making transition like Vicky did to go full-time in businesses. In addition to thinking about what do you have to lose? You know, what is it going to cost you? And all those things, make sure that you've also proved your concept to a degree, make sure that you know that you can make money from this thing that you are attempting to pursue, right? Are people willing to pay you for this? (laughs) Yes. Because that's, (laughs) that makes all the difference, right? If nobody wants to pay you for this stuff, then yeah. If you had no customers in eight years, (laughs) not, not no customers, but very few customers, nobody coming back. It would have been not just like a plunge or risk anyway. It would have been like a stupid risk. It would have been, you know, like no one's buying my cakes even when I'm just making like four a week. Let me start doing it full time. That would not have been a good plan. So yeah, you're completely right. And I think that's why it's probably a good idea to start off as a side hustle because that's time that you have to make mistakes while you're still earning with your side hustle. So you can, you're earning, you have a job, you can make mistakes. You can try things. You can test things. You can see what works. See what doesn't work. You can see the whole entire side hustle doesn't work and try something else without any great losses other than you know your time. Rather than starting a business full time, giving up everything, and then discovering that maybe it's not the best mm-hmm. um, idea or the best sort of market for it, or you know there isn't a market for it. Yeah. So Vicky, you're one of my most organized friends. Like <laughs> when it comes to planning things and strategizing things, Vicky is not one of those people that will just kind of go with the wind. She needs to know how it's going to happen, when it's going to happen and how much it's going to cost. And she, you took that same approach for your business, which is amazing. And I remember like over 
various conversations, you actually tested out different scenarios as to how to get your business off of its feet. You tested out, you know, how to fund it. You tested out, you know, if you went ahead and opened a shop and got a bank loan, you tested out different things. So I just wanted you to share a little bit about, you know, for the folks who are listening, what steps did you take to plan your finances, um, including, you know, when you were earning money from your job, saving to go full-time? How did you plan things out to make sure that when you you went full-time, that while you were building your business, you were okay? Because I know that you put together a buffer um, and you're kind of in a space where you're able to work on, you're able to focus on growing your business without stressing about, oh my God, how am I going to pay rent? Yeah. Yeah. Um, So like you said, over the years, I've kind of thought about different sorts of scenarios of how I can do this because the dream was always a shop, open a shop. Um, And like you said, you know, my brother helped me and we kind of did numbers and how much it would cost to, you know, rent, well, London rent, rent space is ridiculously expensive. Um, So kind of how much it would cost to rent space and how much staff you could start off with minimally and, you know, material and you know location and whether you have to like hire like would you hire just a shop front and then then have to have um a professional kitchen somewhere which is also not quite cheap um so when I decided to do it and just do it with no debt and just kind of I'm not saying at some point I won't necessarily take on like a you know informed bank loan and decide to take on some debt in order to you know, grow, expand. However, I decided to do it now with, you know, to do it with what I had. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've been saving generally um, as, you know, anyone who's friends with Ebola can't possibly get away with like, you know, not having savings. <laughs> so fortunately for me, you know, I've been saving. And um, also fortunately, despite the fact that my job, you know, didn't rock my world, it was also, it was a good job. And it allowed me, it was a job that gave us a bonus, a pretty sizable bonus at the end of every year. So I decided this in April and I had, I already decided then that I would, um, I would hand in my notice at the beginning of this year and I would um, save my entire bonus and together with my savings, I probably have about sort of seven or eight months of, um, kind of living costs with that having, so I worked out my living costs, my basic living costs, you know, I don't eat out anywhere near as much as I used to. There's probably anyone that follows me on Instagram probably noticed. Um, I don't kind of, you know, but so strip back my living costs. What mm-hmm. do I need to pay? And what do I need to live on every month? And I basically have sort of about seven, eight months of living costs where I don't have to worry about my business necessarily making an income or making enough money to pay me um, because I know realistically it'll be a few months before that happens. And when it does happen, it won't at all be in the beginning, the sort of income I used to make. Um, so I just wanted a buffer and um, just time to focus on my business and growing my business without sort of the panic and the, you know, doing things just to, well, doing things just to earn money for myself if that makes sense mm-hmm. uh, so it's basically just sort of budgeting and planning and now having to live on a budget but that's okay because it's not really it's not like sacrificing I don't know it's sacrificing something that I want to do fair enough I got my bonus and I didn't touch it but you know it was because I was buying my I wasn't buying I don't know handbags or something but I was buying 
kind of my not my freedom because that sounds really dramatic like <laughs> but, but know, it is a long term it's my dreams it's buying yeah everything that I want to do and the life I want to have which is far more valuable than anything else that I could sort of spend um, money on really so yes budgeting I, I planned as you said I'm definitely I don't know if I'll say I'm all I am organized but I'm an overthinker like I have to I overthink everything I need to I need to know that I'll be okay which is why this was such took me so long to do this um but yes so just planned it so that I know that at least I know that I'm okay I know I don't want to think of worst case scenarios and fallback plans I know that I'm okay and I know that I'm okay for a few months to just focus on what I'm doing and growing my business I think that when it comes to business like overthinking um, I mean, it sounds, I don't know, it sounds like doing too much, but I think it's really important because there are so many people who start businesses and then have to backtrack and go back to jobs. Um, you know, 90% of business, I think that's a stat I read somewhere, 90% of businesses fail within the yeah. first five years. Yeah. And it's not because they're not smart people. You know, a lot of times it's due to a lack of planning and due to a lack of funds. Mm. So the more you, the more effort you put into the early stages, yeah, especially to weather the quiet times when nothing is happening and nobody's ordering and, you know, nobody's paying you for anything and you're just trying to figure out, oh my God, how do I make mm-hmm. money? The yeah. more you put aside to weather those type of days and those type of times, um, the more likely you are to succeed. And so, you know, kudos to you for putting mm-hmm. that into play. I talk to so many people who tell me, you know, I can't stand this job. I'm quitting tomorrow. What's <laughs> plan? I don't have a plan, but I'm going to figure it out. You know, yeah. so on Instagram made it. I'm like, do you know what the anomaly for that is? You only see the success stories on Instagram. You don't see the. Um, <laughs> you don't see the people struggling to make. No, it. you don't because Instagram is the representation of your best life, right? It is. Everyone's yeah. living their best life on. But <laughs> I love it. Oh, I love it. Well, no, I completely agree. I think people need to think things through. I feel, I feel like there's a happy medium. I feel like there's someone like me who overthinks everything. I'm not a natural risk taker or natural spontaneous person. And then there's the other extreme of people who will just like jump into things like feet first without looking. And, you know, they might end up well or they, mm-hmm. you know, you know, they might end up kind of being a bit like, oh, we should have thought about this a bit more. I should have planned this a bit more. I think there's a happy medium between us you know, planners, but willing to take risk. a risk. <laughs> Mickey, starting this business in itself is a massive risk, right? This is a huge risk. And so, yeah. you know, I, I tend to lean on the, towards the side of being conservative only because the, especially in business, because the business in itself is a risk. So then you have that one risk, then you don't save, that's another risk. Then you quit your job, that's another risk. So it's risk on top of risk on top of risk. Yeah. How high the height (laughs) that you're jumping from? What kind of mountain is this that you're leaping from to build your plane on the way down? Because it's one thing to jump off a you know a little hill, another thing to jump off Mount Kilimanjaro because you know (laughs) two different inclines. This is so true, actually. With no plan and no parachute. (laughs) You know, because when you jump off the hill, maybe you like, you know, you break your arm, you bruise bruise your knee. It's cute. When you jump off the highest mountain, you're going to kill yourself. That's it. Yeah, you're done. (laughs) 
<laughs> I'm just saying plan, ladies. You need yeah. to have plans in place. And it's not that you need to save money for a year or for eight months like Vicky did. It's a good idea. But if you if you prove your concept and you're ready to go, you still need to have some sort of buffer in place, maybe a few months of your basic living expenses in the event that things don't work out as planned. You know, life happens, emergencies come up, unplanned situations happen, not just in your personal life, in your business. You know, different things can happen, like your oven could break down, you may need to buy a new mixer. All those things cost money. And, you know, one cake is not going to cover those expenses, right? You need to be able to reach into a buffer that is ideally not debt, to yeah. be able to cover that and then recover and bring on more clients to help you become profitable. So something to keep in mind. Sleep at night, like without, you know, exactly. worrying that, yes, like you said, if your own breaks and that's it, your business is done because you can't afford to fix it and continue going. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Peace of mind. <laughs> So let me ask you, Vicky, what have been some of your biggest challenges um, since going full-time in the last couple months and also some of your biggest successes? Mm, okay. I think it's hard because I feel like everything's a challenge at the moment. So everything's, but I don't think challenge is a bad thing. I think it's, it's just everything's a learning curve. Everything's a learning experience. Mm-hmm. Um, like, for example, one of the things I noticed, because I, I was only available to bake, you know, some evenings, but weekends mainly for eight years. Um, now I've realized that people still do order cakes mainly, like, for weekends. So, you know, kind of Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I kind of have lots of admin time. and But then Thursday, Friday and weekends, I have lots of orders. So I guess that makes sense now that I think about it. It's something that I didn't really think about just because I was only available to bake on weekends mainly. Um, so kind of filling or finding a market or finding customers for, you know, those couple of day, first three days of the week or um, is, I would say it's, it's a challenge. Yeah. I think it's a challenge. Um, but I feel like everything I'm doing is a challenge. Um, I'm learning so much. It's different to do something every day and full-time than it is doing it, um, you know, a few now and then. Um, and generally also just growing my business, kind of getting the word out because I don't sound arrogant. I'm so confident, so confident in my baking that I know if people have it, then I pretty much have repeat customers. I'm, I very rarely don't have repeat customers. Like I love that it's not I'm not I'm not by only I'm not trying to be it's not arrogant it's just the fact so getting you know if I get people to eat my cake then that's another customer like in the bag let me just say it for you Vicky if you're in London okay (laughs) and I said at the beginning and you need a cake pastry something for your office you need to go to the show notes get Vicky's contact information because I promise you she makes the best cakes in london and if you order from her and you don't like it i, I will refund you send, send me an email no seriously like honestly if i didn't think your cakes were amazing vicky 
I'd be yeah. like, hi, everyone. This is my friend, Vicky, and she makes really cool cakes. Check her out in the show notes. <laughs> Thank you, Bola. That's very sweet. Your cakes are amazing. And Thank I'm a cake you. snob. You know, whenever I go to weddings, I always text them like, Vicky, oh, my God. This cake is but it's not as good as yours. Or, oh, my God, this cake is so dry. Like, I said, I'm always like cake snobbing and sending you message comparing your cakes to everybody else's because your cake is amazing. And so, again, Thank if you are in London... <laughs> thank you Hermione's bake shop is where you need to be oh, okay keep you. going <laughs> um thank you um so uh, growing my business growing my sort of clients I think is probably the biggest challenge and one I suspect I'm going to be working on for a while um again successes in two months I wouldn't say I've had any sort of major highs next time we do this podcast like you know my one year catch up my two year catch up hopefully I have like a massive list you have to like stop me and be like Vicky we get it you're very successful (laughs) um but for now I'd say it's a little thing it's exactly like what you said it's for me every time someone texts me or sends me an email you know messages me to just be like your you know your cake is amazing oh my god that's the best cake I've ever had I know that's 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 why I do this like that's why I continue to do this I genuinely believe that if my cakes were average I would I wouldn't do it because like I'm a cake snob um because I just love dessert so much so um like that's like a huge deal also I also really like when I get like I made a 50th birthday like a two-tier 50th birthday cake last weekend um and the lady was I was recommended to the lady by someone I worked with about four years ago so that's also quite nice it's wow. not like anything massive it's really nice when people from a long time ago or like someone that I haven't even you know thought of you know they haven't probably haven't had my baking in like you know five years you know call you know recommend someone to me because it's made that much of a it's stood out in their mind that in like four years this girl you know, she might not know any bakers to be fair, any other bakers to be fair, but she hasn't had any other cake that she thought to recommend to a friend who wanted something special for her 50th birthday. Um, so I like, I, those, those are the kind of things that make my day and like keep me doing what I'm doing. Too bad. Um, <laughs> too bad Harry and Megan didn't recognize. I was about to say, you see successes. Maybe next time I'll be like, oh yeah, I'm making, I, I don't, there are no more royals left. By making like you know the the second tier royal cakes, uh, or you know it could make Harry and Meghan's baby cakes, like babies' cakes. I know style is what I do. Great cake, buttercream. So you never know. That could be on my list for next time. I'll work <laughs> just for you, Bola. Just so and, I have, I can say it on your podcast, and then I can be like, I'm connected to the to the woman who bakes cakes for the royal family. I know. I, we all know how much you love the royals, so yes, don't worry. I'll invite you over to come and help me deliver the cakes, and then I can do it in my British accent. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! Please do it in your British accent. <laughs> okay, back to serious. Back to serious matters. <laughs> So you talked about, um, you know, working on growing your business, which is something that everybody has to experience. You know, you know, I was thinking when you said that you have all this free time from Monday to Wednesdays. And I remember when I first started Clever Girl Finance and I would wake up in the morning and all the time I had on my hands was just I'm like, oh, my God, I could write 17 blog posts today and I would write every single day or multiple times a day. And somehow... So, with some kind of magic, yeah. and I just started to grow. <laughs> if I can write a blog post 
once in two weeks. It's a miracle. <laughs> and so that time is going to fill up Vicky. I have no doubt about it, especially Amen. now that you are focusing on your craft full time. So Amen. I think that is the least of your worries. <laughs> Thank you. Amen. Because like you said, I it's just... Too. Say that again. I said, I have all the faith that that will happen too. Yeah, because it's, it's one of those things that people try your stuff and it's like, oh my God, I'm going <laughs> to recommend this, this woman's cake. I'm going to tell somebody about it. So yeah. I know. I'm the coolest face. So you're active on Instagram. You started posting your cakes on Instagram. Um, um, and what other kinds of things are you doing to, um, to promote and grow your business? Again, for the women who are listening that are like, okay, I'm starting the side hustle. I'm in the side hustle. I'm going full time. And they're kind of in the same space as you where they're like, okay, I have free time now and I'm trying to get more orders, get more business, get more clients. What are some of the things that are working for you or that you're testing out? Well, I'd say everything is sort of testing out at the moment. I'm working hard on social media because I think at the moment that's sort of where, like, there's a huge market there. Mm-hmm. Um, or, you know, my target audience is is on Instagram. They're active on social media, very active on social media. Um, so I've been, like, working on, like, my food photography to try and, you know, so that my cakes can look hopefully as good as they taste at least you know some of the ways to looking as good as they taste um I've been reaching out to some people I know sort of I wouldn't say influencers because I find that I don't know um but you know people who kind of are known on Instagram for the things that they eat and for being loving like they're eating and their desserts like um I'm hopefully going to be making cakes like in a soon for someone that um he's a trainer at Barry's boot camp where I worked out when I had money to work out Barry's boot camp. Um <laughs> he, but he has this famous cheat day, you know, his cheat trainers in great shape, you know, but has like famous for his cheat day Sundays. So at some point I'm gonna make him a cheat day Sunday cake and you know he's someone that you know loves to like share this stuff with his sort of audience. I've also got like gone old school. Like I'm trying everything. I was very anti sort of hang, handing out, like like giving out flyers through post boxes. My parents, my boyfriend were like, you know, people want, you know, people in your immediate vicinity probably won't hear about you. And if they're not in your sort of social media age bracket, they probably aren't going on social media. Mm-hmm. I live in like a neighborhood that's, you know, pretty, pretty affluent. You know, and there's people that have, money to buy cakes basically um so i've been trying that i've had an order from my flyering which feels good um i've also sort of recently reached out to actually someone told me about this um but there's like a, i live in a place called muswell hill like muswell hill mummy's club or something like that <laughs> mummy's um, club I don't know, something like that oh muswell hill mummies is that like a rich housewives of <laughs> well, <laughs> part of london <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure no I'm sure most of them have jobs um but you know like this lady was saying she was actually my upstairs neighbor and she was saying you know like we spent we all spend so much money on children's birthday parties we all use all the same people so if you could you know say send out send out like a monthly newsletter um you can also advertise on them so I've kind of reached out to them to see how I can do that um I'm basically trying everything at the moment to be honest we were talking you've advised me that's probably a good idea to start a newsletter or like an e-newsletter you know once every couple of weeks just to sort of you know have my own like build my own 
kind of cool audience that get to find out about, you know, discounts and, you know, what's going on, what I've been baking, what they can order. Um, so just I'm trying everything at the moment. If you have any suggestions, I'm so open to hearing it. But yeah. Just yeah, we talk about everything. this every day in our chat. <laughs> <laughs> We're always exchanging suggestions, of course. Ideas, yeah. I I'm, sure, I'm, sure, I'm sure you'll tell me, don't worry. But yes, always exchanging ideas. Always good to know because there's so... I feel like it's such, such such a good idea to have people around you that even similar boats or at least understand where you're coming from because especially when you work by yourself, I think I think I think there's far more power or far more creativity that can come from sort of group, you know, a group brainstorming session than one person by themselves. So yeah, I definitely yeah. agree with that. I mean yeah. People can just people from the outside looking in, like the way I send you and our other friend doing, um, I send you guys things I'm changing on my website, like articles and ideas I have, just to get your perspective. Even though you guys are not in finance, you know, just as women who kind of fit my demographic, I think though, you know, having those type of people around you are valuable. Um, and even if they don't know anything about what, what you do, like I can't tell you the difference between the different baking spoons and things like that. <laughs> Just having people for moral support and people yeah. who get what it is to be going through this whole entrepreneurship journey. Um, you know, because still to this day, and I'm sure you're going to get it now and in the future, I still have people who tell me, oh my God, are you still doing that? Oh my God, your website is cute. Does that make you any money? Oh my God, does your husband not work? You know, stuff like that. So yeah. you didn't get it basically. Or people who just uh, want to talk about trying. yeah. Sorry? I said people who don't get it, but it's not like they're trying to get it. They're just Yeah. And there's people who there's a set who don't want to get it, who think what you're doing doesn't make any sense. And there's a set mm-hmm. who just don't care. They want to talk about what's on TV, the new dress that's out, the new movie. Yeah. This is not just their zone. And so yeah. For those of you listening, having people in your corner um, who get it, you know, and even yeah, if yeah. you don't have people you can talk to every day, like me and Vicky, mm-hmm. maybe it's listening to podcasts like this, watching YouTube videos, just surrounding yourself with, you know, resources that will keep you motivated and inspired because every day is not a perfect day. <laughs> like, oh my God, why? <laughs> Most days are hard work, aren't they? that's a funny thing so you're a huge book person you're always reading something I get a book recommendation from you and I wanted to find out if you've read anything business related recently and or what is one of your favorite business books Hmm. you see I was kind of dreading this question because (laughs) I'm like such a big reader I love reading Um, but I haven't read many business books I have, I'm trying to change that. It's just more time. So it's not that I, I think it's so important to learn and it's just not an unwillingness. It's just, I haven't read many. I'm currently reading The Lean Startup. So I'm, I'm about four chapters in, so it's a bit too early to talk about it. And I got lined up. Um, you recommended it. It's like letters from successful people. founders. Yeah. Yeah. And it's also, uh, the woman who wrote it is based out of England. So there's a lot of stories about London and other parts of Europe. Oh, wow. So I've got a long list. Like I I do really want to start making time to read business books. But I do, I I do think it's so important to, like I said, to sort of hear, like learn lots of information. And while I don't, I'm not reading a lot of books at the moment. I do listen to a lot of podcasts. Um, I love 
podcast about business businesses and entrepreneurship and like I love like obviously you know I listen to Clever Girls Know um yeah. I love um <laughs> well I'm sure everyone does it's such a good show it's such a good podcast um I love the Wall Street Journal Secrets of Wealthy Women I think it is oh, I, I love how I built this huh I have to check out, you said Wall Street Journal. Yeah, it's WSJ Secrets of Wealthy Women. My cousin actually recommended that to me. Um, oh. Yeah, it's I'm really good. Now. Yeah, it's really good. Um, how I Built This, love it. I love that. Um, you know, Girl Boss Radio, She Means Business. So I do, like, I think it's just more the time. I don't like audiobooks because as far as I'm concerned, you're supposed to read a book. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so podcasts are a good way of, you know, when I'm not, while I can't physically sit down and read a book, but I'm doing something else, I can at least listen and hear and learn from that. But don't worry again, next time I talk to you, let's say in a year, I'll have <laughs> such a long list and, you know, favorite books, ones I didn't really like, I thought were overhyped, <laughs> tell you all about them. <laughs> well, instead of linking your favorite business books, I'll link your favorite podcast that you just mentioned. In the oh, show. Okay, cool. Okay. Um, I listened to all of these with the exception of the Secrets of Wealthy Women, which I'm going to start re- listening to today. <laughs> and it's funny that you mentioned the Lean Startup because this book by Eric Rees is sitting on my desk right now. Have you started it? I kind of started like last year and I didn't close it and put it back. So I have a pile <laughs> of books that are challenging for me to read and they're on my desk so I can look at them every day. Yeah. <laughs> The first one is this Lean Startup. And the second one is by Tim Ferriss, Tools of Titans. And it's not because these are not great books. These books are like New York Times bestsellers. Yeah. It's just, I think when I started to read them, my brain was not in the mental space to take what <laughs> I get that. And I think they're not, not necessarily easy to read. Like I've, I, I spent time reading Lean Startup today um, and because he's coming from a technology background, which obviously you might find a lot more easy to relate to. Um, but I don't find it's easy to read. Like I have to really, con- like not obviously I have to really concentrate when we read a book, but you know, I don't find his language sort of, or even the ideas sort of just, they don't, they don't, I need to pay really close attention. Um, but it's, it's good so far. Um, and the lean, you know, I thought the lean startup was, you know, about, you know, running a business on kind of like very little money but it's not um, so good luck <laughs> you'll find out when you read it <laughs> it's like I mean I, I I'm sure it's a good they're good books it's just I feel like sometimes my brain is like my brain goes on certain lanes for like yeah. a few months and like I feel like for the last several months all the books I've been reading business-wise have been related to content yeah and so I buy other books knowing that I still have these two books to read and I, I will read them I just <laughs> Don't know when, but now that you're reading it, maybe I can like you read it first and then <laughs> back and then we can talk. Okay, well, I'll read it first. I'll let you know about it, and then you need to read it so we can then discuss it properly. <laughs> okay. Okay, good. okay. Okay, so Vicky, this has been awesome. I'd love for you to um and by the way, don't hang up when we finish. Okay. <laughs> but okay, hang up, don't worry. Don't hang up. <laughs> I'd love for you to um, share what is your clever girl superpower? Mm, I would Don't say, say baking, not allowed. I know, baking, I win. Um, I would say probably I'm not a very, I don't stress easily or often. 
and I'm just quite positive. So I'll say those are my superpowers. I, I'm just, I'm generally not a stress, a person that stresses. Like my first instinct is stress or worry. Occasionally things will happen and I'll get that kind of weight on my chest. And but I don't like it. As soon as that happens, I stop. I'm like, what is this? What is this thing I'm feeling? What's this weight on my, what's this weight? And I try and figure out what it is. And then I say, what can I do something about it? If I can do something about it, I think, okay, what can I do? I do it, get rid of the weight. If I can't do something about it, I'm like, you know, you can't do anything about it. Get rid of like the weight. So I don't stress. I don't, I won't like, it's rare for life to throw situations at me that will get me flustered. And that's not to say, you know, I don't kind of take things seriously. I don't want to deal with things, but I just don't react in a stressful manner. And I always just think, I genuinely really think everything will work out for the good. And I try and be positive. I try not to say, I try to pay attention to what I'm saying. So I won't say something like, oh my God, that's going to kill me. Like, obviously I know it won't kill me, but I just, I just think speak things that you want to believe. You know, sometimes it's harder being positive than other times, but in those times I'll kind of say, you know, it will be fine. It will all work out. All will work out in the end, you know? So I think positivity and just not stressing are my clever girl superpowers. That's awesome. And I have to agree. You're very objective. (laughs) (laughs) You're very good. Like when, when, you know, things are going crazy or like things are happening, you're like, okay, calm down and let's talk about how to make this better, how to fix it. Don't kill yourself. Let's put yourself together for a minute. Let's talk about it. (laughs) Yes, exactly. That's my superpower. (laughs) That's awesome. So thank you, Vicky, so much. Um, Before you go, please tell everyone where they can find you, how they can keep in touch with you, if you have an email address, if they want to place an order with you, et cetera. Um, You can find me on social media. So Facebook and Instagram, it's Ermione's Bake Shop. That's E-R-M-I-O-N-I-S, Bake Shop. Um, My website's also www.ermionisbakeshop.com. Dot com again that's e r m i o n i s bakeshop.com um you can email me at hello at ermionisbakeshop.com and if you go to sort of my instagram or my facebook page you can see how you can contact me by telephone so yeah Awesome. And I'll put all this in the show notes as well. So people have um, easy ways to contact you from the website page. This has been great, Vicky. Thank you so much for coming here to share your amazingness. With Thank you for having everyone. me. Thank you. And this is not nowhere near as painful as I thought it would be. <laughs> I would say that. It was a lot of fun, actually. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. And then the ladies who are listening finally get to meet someone in my inner circle. So, you know, I'm know. talking about people in my inner circle. Vicky is one of those people. <laughs> I get front seats to the amazingness that is Bola and her empire. Amazing. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> So I hope you guys enjoyed listening to this podcast episode with Vicky. I had such a great time recording this episode with her and I am so excited to have been able to share her with you guys. Like I mentioned in the beginning, if you love what you listen to, please subscribe to this podcast. You can subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and you can also listen to episodes and watch videos on the Clever Girl Finance YouTube channel. I'll be back with a brand new episode pretty soon. So stay tuned. Thank you so much for listening.